From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is designer, valley girl, and style queen, Jocelyn. When did you first realize that you were different? What were those clues for you? Um, I think like it's probably similar to a lot of transgender people. Um, I actually don't really remember um, not thinking that something was wrong. When I was little, I guess the only way I could describe it is I was um, a bit sad that I didn't get to be a girl. And I just kind of thought it was the better option and that I lost the cosmic coin flip somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's a common theme throughout transgender people's lives, too. I mean, I obviously knew... I mean, like when I was five, I knew like zero about transgender people. So um, at different stages in my life, um, there was different, you know, mental gymnastics that happened to rationalize or like kind of analyze my thoughts. And I just thought that that's what it was like to be a boy. Like you didn't get to be a girl, but you like I liked girls. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I got to enjoy them or I don't know. I thought other boys were dealing with it better or like they weren't as introspective. Um, I didn't really know, but I figured that's what it was like. Um, And also in general, too, I think I had like a general sense that something was wrong, like with everything. Um, It it was just like it felt like something was wrong with me and couldn't quite put my finger on it. A lot of times I thought it was other things that were going on when I was a kid. But in general, I just I think that, yeah, things also just didn't feel right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I to answer your question simply, I can't remember not feeling like something was off. Mm-hmm. Were there any specific things that you were jealous of that the girls were doing? Anything that you remember um, that was specifically that you were really bummed out that you couldn't partake in? Um, I know that, like, when children who are transgender, they often latch on to, like, social things that are associated with the other sex and, like, things beyond physical characteristics like maybe they want to wear their mom's clothes or their makeup or things like that but I was generally just sad that I didn't get to be like a girl and a woman I guess I was sad about not being able to have kids and like Mm -hmm. um I just liked the whole thing I wasn't particularly interested in any um like the social things because I kind of knew the difference I guess um and all those things kind of come along with it's all it's all made up but um, a lot of it is like based on you know physical characteristics of binary sexes so um yeah i don't i don't really there's nothing specific but i remember being sad that i wouldn't get to be a mom i remember just some things about that that when it had to do with clothes it had to do with the body like bathing suits and stuff like that i was sad that i didn't get to look like cute and pretty and i just like i just didn't really care what I looked like, I don't know. It, I I would rather look the other way. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like kind of that simple. Yeah, that was a big one for me too. I was always super jealous that um, I, you know, of, of women that were pregnant. Yeah, there were just lots of those little things, like you said, like bathing suits and things like that. Like it was just a bummer that I, you know, couldn't, couldn't, we couldn't wear the cute stuff. When did you finally realize that what it was, was that you were trans? Well, I don't think that I knew what, being transgender was or even that like it was a possibility to know what it was till somewhat recently Hmm. i will say that the first time i kind of like said to myself or someone else that i was trans and i don't really consider this coming out because it was 
it was like a confusing moment, but it was it was like right after high school. I was still kind of like dealing with puberty and stuff like that. And I told my friend, um, who's one of my oldest friends, I'm still good friends with her. Um, I told my friend Yvette, I don't know, remember what we were talking about, but I was struggling with a lot of stuff. And I I'd, okay. I said to her the exact phrase, um, I feel like a lesbian trapped in a guy's body. And then I kind of was like, oh, but it like kind of works out pretty good because I like girls and like, I guess it's fine. I mm-hmm. kind of laughed about it, but it was a way that I could describe like how I interacted with things and what I liked. And I, yeah, I think that's like the first time I like acknowledged that I was um, transgender, even though I didn't know how to say it at the time. Okay. I will say that I didn't really know what transgender was like in a healthy way. Like I knew the term transsexual and cross-dresser and things like that. 20 years ago, but I don't think I knew what it meant to be transgender until the last 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't really consider myself transgender until about probably 10 years ago, maybe five, like between five and 10 years. What were some of the things that you sort of struggled with once you finally realized that that transgender was something that defined you, defined what you'd always been feeling? Did that bring about anything that, that was kind of challenging to you? The thing is, is that even when I understood what it was to be transgender, as I still thought it was something that was wrong with me and that maybe I indulged in it or grinded the gears. I, there's so much transphobia in, in society and I grew up in like a religious area and family. And even though there were a lot of good people, um, I, I just had it so deeply ingrained in me that it was a horrible thing. So even when I understood, like, you know, I mean, I didn't know that hormones changed your body so much until, I mean, like, maybe 10 years ago. So I just, I didn't really, like, I didn't, I didn't understand all that stuff. So the hardest mm-hmm. thing for me was actually seeing all those things and then still thinking it was, like, not good, I guess, and, like, not okay. Yeah. And, like, I considered myself transgender, yeah, like, I don't know, something close to 10 years ago. I still thought it was like kind of like my fault, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. And um, so that was the hard part, I guess, is that I still didn't really think it was mm, like a good thing. I mean, you you have a really good look to you. You've really got makeup down and everything, and you've got a, a, a lot of followers on Instagram. What kind of helped you turn that corner and embrace being transgender and, and dive fully into it? Well, I think what happened is... There was some phases in my life that, like, were my understanding of what it meant to be transgender and the understanding of what was happening to me mentally versus physically. Uh, you know, looking back, um, I kind of, like, I already told you what I understood of it when I was little <clears throat> and kind of in my teens. In my 20s, I really just thought it was something that was, I kind of daydreamed about being a girl. I just, like, when I saw somebody that looked like me, I was like, it would it would tear me apart kind of because I like like a girl version of me I I just it would make me so sad that I just didn't get to like live my life and enjoy myself that way and I didn't have to do anything I could just be myself mm-hmm. but um I still I still thought even in my twenties that it was like something that you maybe go get surgery and like vanish or um even when I got close to my thirties I didn't even really understand that hormones can change your body that much. And I was, I was like, wow, you can like take hormones and it changes 
actually change your body you actually have a chance to like have your body and um even still like i said i still thought it was like kind of like i thought it was degenerate just like that's what we're taught and um yeah sometime after i'd been married and i really went into my marriage uh, i don't know like if if anybody has talked in therapy about it before but it's a common theme where it's called duplicity and you kind of have two lives going in your head and they really affect each other but they don't actually interact for you so like i had this whole thing in my head where i would daydream about having a different body and being this other person but it was so um i was so ashamed of it mm-hmm. um so it didn't really like i didn't realize that it was affecting me so much but it was i started seeing people not just some people just like going to work and like having families and i was like i didn't know you could do that i didn't know you could just like be a normal person and and you really couldn't until recently so mm-hmm. i saw people just living their lives and you, you saw were, transgender people yeah i saw transgender people um people on reddit reddit was probably the first place that i saw people just you know their lives were still hard and they were still hard as being transgender but they could live them out in the open Hmm. Um, and I just didn't know you could do that. So, um, yeah, you know, going to my marriage, I didn't really know that. And at some point my, my marriage fell apart, um, not so long ago. And, um, it wasn't because of this directly, but I was pretty unhappy. And, um, what happened was I started taking care of myself. And when I realized my marriage was definitely over and not recoverable, mm-hmm. I realized to really take care of myself, I needed to transition, and um, I didn't care anymore. I tried so hard to do all this stuff, and it didn't matter. So I was like, I'm going to go get some estrogen. (laughs) Well, that's awesome that it it worked out uh, so well for you. So um, one of the first things that you did was start on hormones then, huh? Well, it's not like I didn't have talk about it in therapy or anything, but I was so sure about it. And... I'm I'm lucky to live in a I know I'm lucky to live in an informed consent state like California, mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood has um, HRT actually. Yeah, once I decided to do it, I found out the uh, Planned Parenthood walking distance from my house had started it two weeks prior, and I was like it was like three in the morning or something, and I made an appointment online, <laughs> and like less than twenty four hours later, I had estrogen. So I feel really lucky to live here. And how long ago was that? I actually had a little false start because uh, that was like April of 2019. It was the middle of April. And I went to Planned Parenthood. I was still like struggling with horrible internal transphobia. And I still thought my marriage was like falling apart around me too. And like so many other horrible things were happening in my life. So I was so excited to take it. But I felt so guilty. I thought I was taking stuff from my family. Mm -hmm. And I actually stopped taking it after like three weeks. Um, I started taking it again, though, like a month later. And okay. I stopped since then. So that was uh, June um, hmm. 2019. So I'm approaching a year and a half. Like, middle of December will be a year and a half. Wow, and considering the before and after for you, which y- everybody can go and, and find on your Instagram, that's some. That's a pretty quick turnaround. That's pretty amazing that you've been able to have those results in that short of amount of time. I'm, well, I I'm, have nothing else to do except go to yoga. I lost my damn mind. <laughs> so I don't know. I lost like 50 pounds. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I worked really hard. But also what happened too, I, like, I mean, my personal, I, I mean, I think it's 
it's not smart to like lose weight and gain weight on hormones, but I lost mm. a lot of weight. And then when COVID started, couldn't really um, lean on my normal exercise routine because the yoga place I went to closed. And so like, I didn't know when it was going to start again. And I was like eating like a ton of vegan chili because I was all stressed out. <laughs> I think I gained like 10 pounds in a month. And it was just like kind of all girl fat on my face too. I think it, it's just kind of like part of it. Like I kind of like just gained a bunch of fat on hormones and it like okay. my face. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you had a friend in, in high school that you came at to came out to at about 18. Well, not come at, came out to, but you, that was the first time you'd yeah. kind of vocalized this a little bit. Was she the first person you actually came out to? I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of consider it, but like, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't really coming out as transgender, but it was the first person that I talked to and, and like clearly, I mean, that's a pretty good description of what, what I was without saying transgender. I actually, I, I talked to her again. Um, she actually works with me after all these years and I talked to her one day at lunch and I was like, like I'm transgender. And she's like, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I told her I was going to like transition stuff and, mm. um, yeah, so I guess I actually kind of came out to her twice, but, um, I didn't really come out all at once. Are you asking like in general? Well, yeah, no, it's just nice that you had that kind of like head start on it so that when you, um, ha had the conversation with her again, it was just super easy. So it's like, yeah. Were you nervous that second time you met with her to, to actually tell her you were transgender? Um, that's like my oldest friend. I don't think I could say anything unless it was like actually bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I wasn't nervous. I was a bit, um, anxious though, like excited, I guess. But oh, okay. Not, not happy, excited, but like not nervous because of her reaction. Just like, no, I felt like I was finally admitting it and like, I'm going to work on it. Did you have a similarly easy and smooth set of conversations and reactions from other friends? I've only had one friend who did not treat me well. Some, some old friends that I have, um, like won't talk to me anymore, but I don't think they're like, I don't know what they're thinking exactly, but I have a feeling they're just thinking I like lost it because I don't know. There hasn't really been any bad interactions, but there's been some lack of interactions. Yeah, that's generally what I found. And it's kind of the nice thing of like the people that can't deal with it just sort of ghost you and sort of fade out and just makes it nice and easy. They... What was your acceptance like at, at work? Uh, are you at the same company that you, um, you're the same company you came out to actually, um, I know that for a fact. So did that change anything? What was that experience like? Uh, yeah, I've actually worked there for like 15 years. So I think that maybe is the only weird thing about it is that so many people there know me so well. Like, you know, <laughs> there's people that I worked there for almost that entire time. So it's a bit odd to know somebody that well but also not know them that well. You just like know them professionally. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I feel really lucky to work where I do. Sometimes like any job, there's hard things, but I feel like I've become such good friends with so many of my coworkers, even if I don't see them that often. I, yeah, I mean, it is a record label too. So um, most, most like a, a music industry spaces are pretty pro queer on any level because I mean, they're, they're big supporters of GLAAD and and yeah, I mean, it's like not it's like gender bending. It's like nothing new in rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was the whole 80s and after all. 
yeah, like it's probably somewhere in my contract that I was supposed to wear a dress once a month anyway. And I was like, HR was like going to talk to me anyways. And they're like, good, because you yeah, haven't been wearing your dress. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, the only, some people I think were like confused by it because they don't know what it, it looks like to be transgender. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I just, I looked like I did a year and a half ago and I'm like, I'm trans now. I didn't, I didn't act, well, it wasn't quite like that, but um. Maybe the hormones, I, I wasn't looking like femme that much, but I, you know what? I started on hormones like it was June and I, um, the things that bothered me the most and it did bother me the most, um, one of the main things was my facial hair. I hated it so much. I was always jealous of guys that didn't have any facial hair. <laughs> I was talking to a vet in my office and I was, I had been on hormones for like a month, month and a half. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait till like, maybe I'm like, be like nine months in, I'll start getting laser and get rid of my beard. Mm. And she's like, "Why don't you start right now?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, let's get let's get this thing out of here like right now." Mm-hmm. And I w- I went start getting laser, and you know your face breaks out, and sometimes it like scabs over, and it's so red. And my face was changing. I remember like one of the the maintenance people like I was like on hormones for like three months maybe, mm-hmm. and one of the maintenance people like stopped me in the hallway, and they're like, "What's going on? You look different. You look like you're." sibling or something and i was like oh my gosh and people like i i walked in out of my boss's office one day and he's like holy shit what happened to your face (laughs) (laughs) i'm like um i couldn't take it anymore Uh um and so i just like had i didn't tell anybody i just i just had hr change my name on my door That's pretty hilarious. I think it's that's kind of funny to think about that in the context of work, and they're they're noticing this. Is this like, wait, is is this like a doppelganger? Like, like have you put in an imposter? Was what happened yeah. to our friend? Were they were they kidnapped? And this is this is a well, fake. I didn't, I didn't look that different, but my face was changing enough. And then like the, the uh, like acne and like the scabbed over and redness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just reminded me that people thought I was like straight up on drugs, just like oh. <laughs> just. Like, <laughs> Just lost it. <laughs> also, I think I was like trying to wear makeup or like found I was trying to wear I was trying to wear I was trying to slowly ease into makeup a little bit. So I was trying to wear like sunblock under foundation. I just looked like a ghost too. Like people like people already think Oh yeah, people already thought that I am people already like think I'm a little eccentric, but they thought I just completely lost it. Oh, yeah, and that also reminded me that I only wore blue for, like, 20 years. Like, I didn't wear any other colors. I started wearing other colors to work, and people were like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so I I didn't really – I told some people, like, what was going on, my close friends there, but I didn't, like, send out any emails or anything. I just changed the name on my door. Mm -hmm. But you you did approach HR, right, pretty early on? I told them – yeah, I told them pretty early on. Okay. And then – um, the other aspect is, well, there's two other aspects, uh, family. How did you come out to your family and, and how did that response go? I don't really have much family. Um, I pretty much only have my, yeah, pretty much just like my mom, dad, and my sister. I made my neck all red. I always do that. Um, <laughs> my mom, dad, and my sister and um, like my stepdad and stepmom. But um, yeah, I so I'm pretty close to my mom. I don't talk to her like every day, but I'm like, I talk to her about everything. So she was kind of like helping a lot with things because of me and my wife having problems. Mm-hmm. And I was just like driving. She drove me to work one day and I told her about it. I showed her, 
yeah, I showed her a picture of like you know Sam. Um, it's probably a pretty classic move. Mm-hmm. Show somebody like what's what would happen, kind of what happened. Yeah, and um, and, and just for everybody in, in the chat, she's um, talking about showing pictures of suddenly Samantha, right? And uh, the before and after pictures of kind of also I'm, this is what to yeah, expect. I'm, yeah, I'm like a little bit older than Sam, but she's like you know as a job at a big company and stuff is like kind of similar circumstance so it was like kind of explained mm-hmm. to my mom and i think when somebody tells you something like that you're they're kind of in shock mm-hmm. so she was like pretty like oh but then like next time i saw her she was really worried about it because she didn't understand it and she didn't want me to she like asked me not to take the hormones and i was like i i was just you know uh, I was still struggling at the time. I probably had stopped taking them. That was like the month period of time where I had not taken them. Okay. So, um, but my mom's great. She's just, she loves her babies and she figures it out. So she actually like joined like a transgender parent support group. And she's like my biggest supporter for sure. She never, it's not like she didn't support me, but it's, that's like, she didn't know. Um, so it was a big shock. I actually thought my dad would be difficult because he's like super conservative but he also he just cares about me a lot and my he likes my you know he just wants to see his grandkids and stuff like that so um i actually didn't tell him for like six months and (laughs) i didn't talk to him and my mom told him and he was like oh so (laughs) he just was like fine with it i went over to his house like a week or two later and him him and his uh, my stepmom were like already trying to use my pronouns and stuff Oh wow! Uh, my sister, my sister, unfortunately, did not take it very well, and still, I don't really talk to her. But um, uh, she doesn't live here. So. <laughs> it's kind of one of those you don't see her that much anyway, so it sort of comes out in the wash a bit. That's disappointing, though. I'm sorry that that she doesn't support you. I think she thinks she supports me, but she actually doesn't. Mm. What kind of uh, level of support do you have from the community that you're in, and how has that helped? Oh, I mean, I like don't, I can't even begin to say how much support I have. Um, yeah, like I said, I have so many coworkers who I like, even some that I knew like pretty well before, but didn't, didn't, you know, talk to them in line at the bathroom and whatever, or at parties, but I didn't really, you know, people from other departments and stuff. I didn't, my, my work is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of girl, like lots of girls there, they... They kind of like um, took care of me a little bit more when I was out like for some work thing and they people brought me makeup and makeup bags and I mean my so, some of my coworkers have been the most supportive because it just made me, they were excited for me really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know like I could go on for a long time and I don't know all like the cis girlfriends I have they immediately just were excited for me and you know, I didn't actually have much time before COVID. I, I kind of like started mm-hmm. in June and then like my, f- I wasn't even really looking femme until March, April, like at all. Like I was looking very different, but I don't think I was looking femme, like female-ish in the photo till then. Okay. So like once COVID, like I didn't really get to go out or anything, but I did, I like, one of my friends took me out in Long Beach and stuff like that. So I had, I feel like I have a ton of support. I feel really lucky. Oh, that's so awesome. Did you have any support from anybody that you weren't expecting? Um, no, but you know what? I will say too about people that support me. I'm lucky. Uh, yeah, you know what's also I'm really lucky <laughs> is I actually tried to quit my job. And my boss, 
um, I've worked with him for like 10 years and he's, he's like this gay dude. He's just all, you know, he's lived in LA for a long time. And I, mm. I was, I was feeling, this was like that month where I didn't take hormones and I was feeling really guilty and I had a bunch of money saved up and I was going to like quit my job. And my wife was getting kind of my wife at the time, my ex, she was getting really antsy. And so I was like, okay, well you can go like go back to your job or career or like we'll figure something out and I can stay with the babies or we have like some time. I don't know, I kind of lost it. And I was just going to like focus on my family because I felt so bad. Mm. And I was going to knock all this shit off. I tried to quit. Uh-huh. I picked up a resignation letter and everything. And I went in my boss's office and he's like, what's going on? He like would not let me. Uh-huh. And, I was like, and, you know, eventually he got it on me and I just started crying. I was like, I was like you know, like I started taking hormones and I like stopped. And I, I was like, I was trying to double down and like just make it work. And he, he said... He said, like, he sounds like, wow, that sounds like a slow death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I guess, like, the best part is, like, he's, you know, and he, uh, in that same day, he said, you know, I've seen, I have lots of transgender friends, and I've seen how how they blossom and how much better of a person they come and how, become and how much more, more like themselves they come. Oh, that's and awesome. I think the only downside it's to it is he thinks it's, like, so not a big deal that, like, when I am struggling with something, he's like, oh, okay. To him, he's like, oh, good, you're taking care of yourself. Like, he just doesn't even care. Like, he, does, he cares, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just so... He's just super nonchalant like so, about it, it's yeah. It's so normal. Yeah, it's, like, so <laughs> normal in his world to, like, see people do that and take care of themselves that he's just, like... Yeah, anyways, I got a good boss. I'm lucky there, too. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had pictures of Samantha when you were starting out and, and um, you know, going coming out and coming out to your mom were you already a part of the transgender community were you kind of like following and starting to become active there no and i didn't even have an instagram at the time i had like one that i had used personally that i hadn't updated in like a couple of years like i didn't use instagram and i deleted it too like i i think that i saw samantha on reddit i mean i definitely mm-hmm. saw her on reddit but okay. she, she there was, you know, there's like a few transgender people. It depends on your like age and stuff, but they they resonate with you because you're like, oh, they did that. <laughs> My friend, <laughs> I showed a vet picture, like of a before and after picture of Samantha, like in the beginning too. And she was like, I think you need to taper your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, kind of catch up on some of the things that people have been saying in the chat here really quick. Uh, someone was saying that that they are really jealous of how quickly you took to, uh, or how how quickly you nailed the makeup game. They say, then again, you, you're uh, an artist, so you advantage you. <laughs> well, first off, I went to Sephora. Does have these transgender makeup classes, and they're trying mm. to sell you stuff, but they're actually pretty good. Um, and then I, so I went to this this class, the LGBT Center, and I made friends with the um, the teacher, the this uh, makeup artist and she's like a celebrity makeup artist she does like lots of lots of like um, music artists really um, her name is uh, Melissa Murdick and, oh um, I've heard that name yeah so hmm. she has a thing on Instagram I totally recommend her um, she has she has a an account just for her makeup tutorials called the pretty fix anyway I she needed somebody to do one of her videos and I, she sent out a big email and I mailed her back and I, I, she's, I was like the first one. And so she did my makeup that helped a lot because seeing somebody put 
makeup on you properly, you can like see like where on your body, like on your face stuff should go. Mm-hmm. And then I really do think that she is just a good teacher. So I highly recommend that. Um, she just like kind of like give, she talks in a way of like how to look at your face and like line stuff up with like your nostril and your eyes and like where to put like rouge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I also have a couple of friends who are like really good at makeup and skincare. I don't know. I like I, it's not like I figured this out myself. <laughs> it's like yeah, but I I definitely recommend the Pretty Fix um, for transgender makeup she she does a class like once a week and i think it's still like pay as much as you can um, oh wow or free that's amazing um, and then she does private lessons too yeah i recommend her and there's stuff on her youtube and her instagram that's just sitting there and she always has good tips in her stories too hmm, okay fan. at yeah it's at the pretty fix one word mm-hmm. okay so how far along would you say you are in your journey and what are your next steps i'm a little bit older so i feel like the hormone stuff takes a little bit longer to happen i feel but i feel like in general hormones affect your face for a year or two and your body for a few years Mm -hmm. so i think i'm somewhere halfway through i just keep doing stuff that makes me feel good yeah that was one of the key things that i did at the start was to tell myself the first i was going to take a year and i was just going to I wasn't going to answer any questions of myself. I was just going to go and do whatever I felt, what whatever felt good and whatever I wanted to do. And then I was going to try and kind of like support myself, have my own back of like, I decided to wear this, so we're going to go with it. We're going to hold our head high and just be confident. But like I said, I, I, I made sure to take that pressure off of like, no asking like, what is this? Or why do I want to do this? Or any of that just kind of let it be. And I feel like that really helped definitely at least early on. You don't have to like sit and wait for five years and like all these surgeries or something like that to feel better. Like I fucking hated my beard. Like I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I, my hair and things like that. I took care of that shit immediately. And I made me feel really good. I don't have any facial hair now. I don't need to shave. I did 15 rounds of laser. That stuff is not here anymore. Wow, and you accomplished that all um, with just laser, not even electrolysis, huh? I don't know if you guys look at my before pictures, but um, yeah, I mean, laser is like not always the best option, but the perfect, the ideal candidate for laser is light skin, dark hair. And I had black wires <laughs> appeared and obviously my skin's somewhat pale. So mm-hmm. it reacted really well. I had to do a lot of rounds, but, um, and you have to touch it up sometimes, but in general, I mean, it's gone. I mean, nice. like, it's completely gone. So the the red hair isn't uh, natural color then? No, it's it's dark brown. Although there is like an auburn tone to it. If mm. I this is like kind of my hair color. If I just um, this this actually is my hair color a little bit, but only in this spot. It gets darker up here. That's mm. my natural color. <laughs> in the roots there, yeah. Mm. Now I lightened it. Oh my gosh, I fried my. That's why. I, you think this is like stylish maybe? I don't know, but I fried my bangs. I tried to <laughs> go lighter and I like, I'm like a 13 year old. I, I bleached the shit out of them and I fried them and they, my hair, I look like Yolandi or something. My hair is like this long right here. So I, <laughs> I just clip it down right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I started, at first I was like so conservative. I was doing a little bit of lemon juice and like that overtone like colored conditioner and I was being it was going so well and then thought I could do that (laughs) you're gonna have some nice bangs in like three months (laughs) 
are you thinking towards are you looking towards any surgeries i like i'm pretty happy with the way my face is gone but mm-hmm. i actually think i'm gonna get ffs my forehead just kind of i'd like to blend in eventually so i think i might do that i hear other transgender people saying the same thing is like you feel like so invalid and you feel feel like such a fraud in the beginning Mm -hmm. you're so hard on yourself you're like i i just like was like i'm not that i am still pretty basic but you just like don't think you're like that queer or like need to do all these things and as you like as you start like taking care of yourselves and like yeah i mean like when you start figuring out what's actually bothering you i mean like i figured out like just to figure out that all this body dysphoria is causing you social dysphoria and then like what are the things that are bothering you you start to get more detailed and i mean i don't know where i'll stop with surgeries i do i don't know i i i think they'll i will probably get a lot of surgeries (laughs) you think you'll get a lot of surgeries i guess so (laughs) (laughs) i I just, I think that I, I think that I'm just like so hard on myself in the beginning mm-hmm. and think I don't need things or that I'm making stuff up in my head and, yeah. and realize like how much better it makes you feel just doing little things. It's okay to change your body to ways that make you feel better. It's your body. Mm. I have noticed that too, that, that the more steps you take, the easier the next step is. Like like steps that used to scare the crap out of me, you know, and there's oh. no way I would ever do it. Once I, I started to approach it, then, if you know, by the time I get there, it's just like it's super easy. It's like, well, yeah, it's obvious. I really want to do this. Um, yeah, I'm pretty scared, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that ties really well into my next question. What are some of the fears that you've had along your transition and how have you come, overcome them? Well, the worst thing in the beginning was I felt like I was taking things away from my family. Mm-hmm. And my kids but I was pretty miserable and like I was talking about that duplicity stuff before you you have these two like dialogues happening in your head and they don't actually interact for you but they're affecting each other and I was a pretty unhappy person and mm-hmm. I I didn't really realize I did in a lot of ways especially as in the last few years but I didn't really realize how much like physical dysphoria was causing me like so much dissociation and like social anxiety, like just horrible, horrible social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like so much better now. So well, it sounds like you've you, you've got a good perspective on it, and you're able to kind of deal with them as they come along and and move right through it. What were some of the biggest hurdles that you ran into in your transition? Not only did I have like so much internalized transphobia, I felt really guilty, like I was taking things away from my family and other people and you just like like I said you don't really understand how much it's like affecting you and you don't understand how much better of a person you are if you just take care of yourself like I'm I'm such a better person with my kids and I can handle like that's the thing though too I mean like transition you think transitioning is going to solve a lot of problems and it actually doesn't solve any problems it just lets you actually approach problems healthily for like once in your life Hmm. So, um, yeah, I think like that was the hardest thing for me, really. Like I've, I, I, and I still struggle with it is the problem. I, I felt really guilty in the beginning. And then besides all the internalized transphobia that I had, I started reading like a bunch of gender critical shit when I didn't really know, you know, I like, I'd never really dove into that stuff before. And I started, I mean, it's all bullshit, but it's, <laughs> um, 
I didn't really know all the details and the minutia of like their the common you know stuff that gets slung around. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard for me to do too. And I still feel guilty. I still miss my family. So that's actually probably the biggest hurdle. Is is yeah. I still deal with it, and I have hard days. That's actually the hardest part, probably. Mm-hmm. But I love what you brought out about you know hearing all this these negative things or these you know essentially anti-trans things that are thrown around and are super common. And the problem with that, like you said, you've got this kind of transphobia within yourself, just societally that, you know, we've grown up with that and that's just ingrained in us. And we apply that to ourselves and our transition. And then we, we keep hearing these little things from here and there. And we're realizing it's not, true and it's, it doesn't apply to us or whatever but it, it it validates the negativity we have in our own heads like it it fosters sure. that same kind of self-hatred basically because it's like we're predisposed to feel the same way to like kind of reject against it okay. yeah no for sure and especially like i realize like i really don't have any doubt anymore yeah, you can still, even if you don't have any doubt, if you're surrounded by people who are like, don't think you're real, it can, you can still feel like shit because mm-hmm. it's, it's like kind of there forever. And it's unfortunate because it's like just not that big of a deal, really. What role has therapy had in your transition? Have you been seeing a therapist and has it helped you to deal with some of these issues of like, I, I don't want to use, well, I guess self-hatred is, is an appropriate term yeah no for sure i wouldn't be here if i didn't have therapists i was <laughs> having a really hard time um yeah no i've had i've had two therapists while i've been transitioning no, they helped me a lot when i i had the therapist that i was seeing when i first started transitioning she really helped me feel valid and she helped me deal with like the she helped me deal with the little things that happened with transitioning and she kind of like made it feel normal like like all the stuff that i was actually worried about and fighting with internally she kind of made it seem illegitimate because it was okay and i think that's like the biggest way she helped me and she was like really excited she's like she's such a big um transgender supporter it was like almost um, she was almost too enthusiastic about it and then i have (laughs) another therapist now that i see at the lgbt center and he's really great he's helped me with like other issues more with like grief with transitioning because i gave up a lot yeah we had a guest on the show and she talked about that, you know, you when you're transitioning, you got to be ready for the consequences and the, and the main consequence is loss. There's, there's loss that you have throughout life. And so it totally makes sense that grief counseling is sort of a part of it and, and being able to deal with everything that's going on. Those are the two things that I pretty much still deal with. And I was actually having the body issues and your actual gender and how they relate is extremely complicated and once you start i think like listening to it's just like so interesting how your brain manifests like these misalignments into Mm. like everyday world things that are like tangible to you like that i actually thought when i was a little kid like that i didn't get to be a girl like my brain knew something was like wrong and i like it manifested in a way that i could like actually think about it that's the other thing that i've dealt with a lot is once once i started dealing with the body stuff i actually started dealing with the gender stuff which is like the relationship to what was misaligned with my body and it's actually been really hard so i've been dealing with that too but um those have been the two biggest things that i currently deal with in therapy is kind of like gender things and 
There's a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. I just love that concept that that you had a your first therapist was super enthusiastic about it and, and was was all gung ho. Uh, the same thing as as your boss. You've had these people that are more into it and excited about it <laughs> than you are, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is no big deal," and all of that. And you're like, "No, I'm freaking out here, man." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like not in a bad way. They're not like like hand waving at me. They're just. Hmm. They like see how positive and necessary and how much people they've known grow. And my therapist too is just, she, my therapist actually became, she kind of considers herself like a gender therapist. And the, the way that she got into it was because she was a school counselor and she was seeing all these kids that were really depressed and there was like no reason they were like going through puberty and like, you know, super dark shit just like i was and she really just like kept you know she she worked for an entire school district so it's not like she was seeing a million transgender kids but she'd come across like a half a dozen in in a in a few years and she was like oh my gosh this is like so sad Mm -hmm. she really got into it so i feel like she also like i've had so many therapists (laughs) over my life and those shit that i've said in these therapy sessions any any therapist with like any amount of training would be like, Hey, have you ever like these thoughts or anything? But yeah. Any therapist um, worth I've, their salt. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, like I know that some therapists have probably only been recently trained well, but like this, the stuff I've said in therapy sessions over the last two decades is like, just like beyond red flag stuff. And she just also is, she's just like seen it so many times and in, in, young people in all ages so i feel like she was just like really confident she was confident in who i was so like she made it really easy to discredit all the like pretty much trash that i had floating around in my head well and and like you um like you alluded to it's so hard for us to really understand anything and one of the main reasons is because we felt this way our whole lives so this kind of incongruence and the struggle just feels like, well, that's normal. That's like, that's being a boy. And it's not till later when we start to have these conversations with people, therapists and others and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, so cis people don't question their gender or wish to be the other one. Like, that's not a, that's not a thing, you know, and it, and it really oh, makes yeah. sense why, why puberty hits so hard and why it's such a struggle for us is because it's like, it just brings everything it just amplifies everything exponentially no you know that's actually a big revelation that happens and i think it happens to a lot of transgender people i legitimately thought that being like a man or like a boy was about being attracted to women because like you you liked what like you wish you were, were them or something and like i like it's still crazy to me i mean like when like i don't understand why every guy doesn't want to transition like like i like <laughs> That is crazy to me that you want to want to transition. Uh-huh. I like just, I could not understand for so long. I just thought that like, Oh yeah, of course you would like, like other guys must be dealing with this, but in a different way, or like I said, they're not as self-aware, but I went, I went to this, uh, there was camp I always went to in high school and the, the, the groups where you slept together were co-ed. And so they had this, you know, all these like stupid bullshit questions to get, people that know each other in the beginning and one of them was like you know do you wish you were a boy or girl like would you switch and it's just it's a stupid question you know the girls are supposed to be like ew guys are gross and i like having long hair and the guys are supposed to be like i like pee standing up or something i don't know but <laughs> like 
I was like, you know, my first thought was like, oh yeah, I would definitely be a girl. And then I realized like what a joke it was to everybody else. And I was like, oh, everybody doesn't think like that. And like, I just really didn't, I didn't think anybody, everybody thought like I did, but I, it was just a straight up hilarious Mm -hmm. (laughs) scenario to, you know, all these people. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm the only one that thinks like that. Was that another one of those moments that we kind of come across in life that make us feel or or show us basically that, you know, it's wrong to be that way and we should, we should push it down. Yeah, I guess it didn't make me feel that that particular instance didn't make me so bad. I mean, the worst things are like all those horrible movies from the nineties, like Ace Ventura and stuff. When I saw that movie, oh man. Yeah. I mean, like the, the most, the biggest thing from that was like, I was just so surprised that people like, it's not even like people, people didn't even think about it. Like I didn't, I was so far off in my in my like internal dialogue. Like people don't people didn't even consider it. It was when when you brought up the scenario to them, it was beyond comical. Mm-hmm. And and I mean maybe they learned that from movies too, like Ace Ventura. But it's like people don't think like that. If you if you present them that scenario, they might laugh about it for a second or be curious what it would be like. But there's nobody who would want to switch. Mm-hmm like that it's funny you know you you mentioned ace ventura and that's come up on the show a lot i think that was uh the worst fucking movie (laughs) it's a great movie but the the uh (laughs) that part is is pretty horrible the funny thing is is that i'm just realizing now as we're talking about it that it wasn't you know it, it was a time in my life when i wasn't aware i was transgender I was long off from discovering that that was what it was, what it was, was going on inside my head and and defining myself as that. I mean, that was 20 years earlier. What I'm thinking now and what I'm remembering is, you know, she's standing there in kind of a silky white um, bra and panty set. And I I remember going, ooh, like (laughs) that was sort of the main thing I got from that scene was like, like, those are really nice. I wish I could could wear those and um it wasn't until like really probably pretty recent that i I realized you know how anti-trans that is and and how it's just another one of those tropes of you know how everybody thinks it's so gross to have kissed the the guy and and all that all that crap um definitely but i think i got two things from that movie one i it was kind of like the way i thought when i was in my 20s i thought that you Go and have surgery and you disappear because nobody's going to want to know you or have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. And two, I thought it was like when I was watching the movie, obviously like the the character, um, whatever. Einhorn. Yeah, whatever. She is like just played by some cis women. So I was like, that's so unrealistic. Like trans people can't look like actual women. Mm Mm-hmm like born women and i just like that's that's just something i never considered but obviously that no that movie that movie confirmed how disgusting i was by thinking those things because i mean there's a whole scene dedicated to ace throwing up in the bathroom because he kissed somebody Mm -hmm. Um, yeah basically trans shaming like like this is this is the worst thing to to people you know i mean it was all men but you know they were prominent men, and, and Ace. You spent this whole movie kind of falling in love with Ace, and then you know there's the whole football team and everything, and it's just every, the cops. Everybody is, is so grossed out by this because it's such an abhorrent thing. It definitely made me disgusted too with myself. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. 
the worst movie. I was, I'm still scarred from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so getting on to hopefully will be a little bit more, uh, a little bit happier, I, I suppose. How how confident do you feel as a woman these days? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. I separate all the things about me into different things, I guess. I, de I definitely consider myself a woman, but it's just the thing that closest makes me feel good in this society, like in how we interact with things. But I kind of consider my body issues and dysphoria separate from my gender. I don't know like where I get my confidence from, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm definitely confident in that I am doing the right thing, I guess, if that's a good answer to the question. I am extremely confident, even though mm -hmm. I have really hard days where I wish I could go back and change something or try harder not to transition, which I tried so hard. So I think that's another pretty common one is, is the fight, the fight against it, trying so hard not to be this and feeling defeated and worse about ourselves when we're unable to fight it. Because when we're, when we're losing that battle, it's also about, I think it's a, a time early on when we don't understand it. And we don't understand um, that, you know, it took me a long time to get away from negativity. And then I was thinking, well, is it like a positive thing or whatever? Just, just, just have it be neutral. Like this is just who I am and it's a neutral thing. It's a, it's a struggle to get there. The more I transition, the more I realize I'm just matching my body to myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't really feel that different. I just feel better. I don't know how to describe it. I'm just I'm just learning about who I am and being able to articulate it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was just, you know what I would describe before I transition? I don't know if, if you guys have seen like when they do those like kind of like out of body, um, like psychological experience, experiments where they like put a camera behind somebody and you have a VR thing on. So it's like you're watching your body in third person and your brain actually like learns how to deal with that. And they have people like walk around all day seeing themselves like in third person, like they're in some fucking game. And like trippy. It, it's that's kind of like how I felt for so long, like that I was not literally looking at my body from behind, but that's like what it feels like to be that uncomfortable in your body, like especially in social situations. So I just or the one where they you put, you they put fake hands on a table and you put your hands like beneath the table and they like rub a feather on the like the, the fake arm and you eventually feel it. Like I just I just felt like I felt so horrible mm -hmm. um, before. Just disconnected. So, it's just like I'm. There's no doubt in my mind. Like I just feel like a thousand times better. As sad as I am and as much regret as I have and as doubt as I have, I'm like extremely confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're 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 very confident that you're much better off now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, what causes you to feel dysphoric at times these days? Yeah, I mean, I know transgender people like certain things bother them way more, and I don't think that there's well, there's certainly not like girl and boy brains, but I just I I feel like with transgender people, there's like a bunch of stuff that could not match, might not match up, and it's different for everybody. Um, but it's like a real kind of like some sort of hardwired thing that just didn't got something of something else. But um, yeah, for me, like it's mostly my beard was a big thing. Like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, puberty sucks for transgender people, but and you're, yeah, everybody's like, puberty's really hard. And you're like, yeah, this is like absolutely horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like the beard was the worst part for me. I was just so jealous 
you know, like guy friends would be like, oh, I wish I could grow a beard and they have peach fuzz. And I'd be like, I would, I wish I had peach fuzz. Um, that was a big thing for me. Um, but my voice is a really big thing. I've been working really hard on it. I don't use it like now or in general. I'm too, too shy to use it. But um, mm-hmm. I think my voice and my shoulders and my chest, I have a really bad chest dysphoria and it keeps getting better as the hormones go on. But mm-hmm. that was a really big thing for me. I don't know how to describe it to people who aren't trans but like it's kind of like when you have something that's like so stressful and just hanging over your head like if you have like a big paper in school or like just something that's just just on your back for months and you kind of like you fix it or you finish it and it goes well but the anxiety of it taking over you is still there but then you like remember that it's like over and you kind of have that like wash of like relief and you you like constantly get it mm. and i get that now I, I like sometimes i'll be laying in bed and i'll look down at my chest and like I'm, I'm starting to have a chest and i'll just be like it just like washes over me it just like m- makes sense to my brain mm. so those are like the big ones for sure those four things what were some of the biggest learning curves that you've run into in transitioning things that you weren't expecting or, or have, are having to adjust to i mean i feel so much better when people like gender me gender me properly and I think one of the hard things now is like I could deal with it when people were still I feel like when I'm out in public now I get gendered properly 50% of the time and I I just uh it's like I, I feel so much better when I'm gendered properly I could deal with like somebody misgendering me but not knowing how they're gonna gender me is like kind of stressful I guess yeah like how I should act a little bit mm-hmm I was leaving the CVS the other day and some dude was riding by on a bike and he's like, is that your natural hair color? It goes really well with your skin. <laughs> so gross. But you know what? He was kind of right though. Like I really did put some thought into it. So mm-hmm. I guess it can't be. <laughs> it is weird though for to get comments like that. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's a societal thing. Like, you know, I think that the touching is, is somewhat inappropriate and I, and I, I get how it is, but I think it's sort of brought mm-hmm. on by the fact that men are more emotional and are want to connect more than we think and then they're allowed to. So like a guy can't touch another guy. Like it's, 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 it's weird. And, and a guy can't really compliment another guy. So they turn all that, that attention to women and women, I don't think compliment guys very much. Cause if they do, then the, the guy's just going to think that, Oh, this chick's in love with me. So like, I'm going to follow her for the rest of her life kind of a thing. Um, so it's just with this kind of weird one-sided thing. And it, it, it's like, I've been thinking about it recently. Is it really that, that guys are so creepy or whatever, or is it just the fact, the fact of like, that's the only time they can express that sort of thing. So that's the only time it comes out. And it's not until you, transition genders that you really start to see that just a little a little little thing to think about there <laughs> maybe a little a and a little b yeah um well as we start to wrap up this section let's move on to what i think is the the funnest one how did you choose your name my, my uh other name is jonathan so mm-hmm. i never disliked it but um yeah i mean i actually kind of liked it i didn't like being called it but um i liked the cadence of it i like my initials and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i just went through a lot of names and jocelyn kind of has the same cadence 
Yeah. And my mom's name is Lynn, so I thought I was kind of like little Lynn. Um, huh? I like being called Jossie. Probably almost everybody calls me Jossie. All my coworkers call me Jossie. All my friends call me Jossie. So mm. um, it's like kind of a flexible name too, to spell it that way. Um, so yeah, I just liked it. I liked it pretty quickly. Yeah, it just it sounds like the kind of the the feminine um, version of my name that always should have been. But also, um, nobody ever called me Jonathan anyway. Um, everybody called me my my surname's Lane. Mm-hmm. I, I, like even my coworkers call me Lane. I just always encouraged it. Uh, androgynous and and i i gotta uh, tell you i love the name jocelyn too it's got such a classical beauty kind of sound to it it's it's pretty unique so i'm i'm proud of you i'm proud of you for finding that one that's really cool the the final question that we always ask is is the big one the one that i think helps people the most here what is the key advice that you have for young or closeted trans people who are looking to transition that's hard because um, there's such a different set of problems for young people versus somebody like me. I mean, it, for me, it's kind of ripped apart a life that I had really established and I lost a lot of things. But on the other hand, I mean, I have a good job. I have a lot of stability. I have good insurance. Um, whereas like a young person might be dealing with being kicked out of their home or <clears throat> no access to medication, maybe even violence against them. So if if you're asking like what I would recommend blanket is that there are so many things you can do to transition besides taking hormones. Um, I like, I mean, hormones obviously change the shape of my face and my body quite a bit, mm-hmm. but the most dramatic things about my transition have been taking care of my body overall and weight loss and like going to yoga and jogging and skincare and you can do all those things right away you can learn about makeup and you can grow your hair out there's lots of other things to transitioning besides taking estrogen or taking mm-hmm. testosterone or whatever yeah that that some people might not have access to as they start their journey but yeah i think that that's good advice that as you start to allow yourself to do that and then kind of find that love for yourself you can start to really take care of yourself and just make everything better. Yeah, I mean, like, I never took care of myself or my body, and yeah, I was so hard on it, and I just, I didn't, not that I, like, hated my body, it just was like, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you decide that you're gonna take care of it, it does change your perspective, and yeah, there's a lot you can do without being able to medically transition or having to wait a while, or if you're still living with your parents, or whatever you can do so many things thanks for listening to this episode of the transgender show from the transverse network watch the full video version of the show live tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well if you love what we're doing and want to support the transverse you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the transverse